Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. You guys had the athletic gene. You were gifted. You were just born in the wrong era, man. The amount of money that is being rolled out for Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, and Dak could be next. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. We are 10 minutes away from Matt Castle, an inside look at what Cam might be facing as he runs into a Bill Belichick offense, much like Matt did when he started key the year Brady missed the entire season back in 08. It'll be really interesting to get his perspective. Totally different player than Cam, but still walking into a situation playing for Belichick. Yeah, when when Bill and, and Josh and the coaches were, you know, accustomed and used to Brady, everything was called for Brady. And then Castle has to step in and figure it out. Um, you know, a guy who hadn't played much football since high school at Chatsworth High in Southern California. And he gets the opportunity to be drafted by the Patriots, makes the team, and he's the backup. And then all of a sudden he's thrusted into the lineup, and then boom, he's off to the races. 11-5 that year. That's right. They missed the playoffs, 11-5. Yeah. and five. I don't even think Castle started a game in college at USC. No, I don't, I don't think he started a game at college at USC either. So think about that. You're in there replacing Brady, and you don't have that But the much. crazy thing is – Outside of well, outside of Carson Palmer, I think everybody else that was with him, the, the Liners, the Sanchez's, that whole little group, his NFL career lasted longer than theirs, and he never took a snap in college, really, yeah. that, a meaningful snap. Yeah. How much does that talk about the importance of just always staying ready? True. Staying ready for that opportunity that comes about when you least expect it. Matt Moore yeah. last year, exactly. right? Matt Moore exactly. as a high school coach. He stepped in for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, but he had at least – Played a little bit. But Quite a bit. Yeah. yeah, this is this is from high school to college, kind of just hanging around. Like at that point, you go to college, you're like, man, I'm cool. I'm I'm just going to go to school, go to class, get my grades, graduate, go work up in Silicon Valley, and that's it. But he didn't. He stayed the course and and continued to, to train and do well and to the point where he went to the private workout, and they saw him. They said, you know what, we might be able to do something with that. He'll be with us in eight minutes. Deshaun Watson gets 111 mil guaranteed. He'll take on Patrick Mahomes, who's the only guy that's making more guaranteed money than him Thursday night in the week one opener. So what does that contract for the Texan starter mean for that other quarterback in Texas? Of course, we're talking about Dak, who's ready to bet on himself. Yesterday, Mike Tannenbaum, our ESPN front office insider, was on the show and essentially said, here's what it means for the Cowboys starter. As it relates to Dak Prescott, This will turn out to be about a $40 million mistake by the Dallas Cowboys. A year ago, that market for quarterbacks was somewhere between $32 to $33 million a year. Goff once there was a handful of quarterbacks that Prescott clearly fit into. For whatever reason, Jerry Jones rewarded Zeke Elliott for going to Cabo and holding out. (laughs) Now you fast forward to next year. That contract has to be at least $40 million a year. So in a five, six-year extension, they're overpaying by about $8 million a year which is a huge amount of money when you think about what else you can get for $40 million, how many different ways you could help your team. So I think it was a big strategic planning mistake by the Cowboys to wait for Watson, to wait for Mahomes, because the market has only gotten up. Yeah, I don't think think it was a mistake at all. I think that when you look at it, for what it's worth, Patrick Mahomes was going to always get more money than the other guys. Uh, Guy who's won the MVP, guy who's won a Super Bowl, that contract was going to come in higher on a per-average base anyway. Um, I think when you go to look at 
Dak Prescott and Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones and Jerry Jr. and the people that's running the Dallas Cowboys organization, they're betting that on him to win big so they can pay him. They don't. They wouldn't have a problem paying him if he won big, right? I would give you an extra $40 million over the life of the contract if you bring me a Super Bowl. But if I lock myself into you, much like the Rams did with Jared Goff after one solid season that made you go, okay, now you look at back and the Rams are looking back at Jared Goff's deal or Carson Wentz's deal with the Philadelphia Eagles and saying to themselves, yeah, well, you know, maybe we should have waited. You get that going because Carson Wentz didn't win the Super Bowl for the Eagles. Nick, he, he put him in position sure. in the regular season. Nick Foles takes over. They go ahead. They win. Philly, Philly special, MVP, la, da, da, da. You look at that Prescott, if he goes out there and he does well in the postseason, they may reward him big money. If he flops, then now they're looking at it going, see, this is why we didn't pay him. They're willing to pay him, Jay, a bunch of money for greatness, but they're not willing to pay him a bunch of money for a marginal season. So it's like to them, but let me ask you a my money's sitting in the bank. I'm gaining interest. It's not that big of a deal to me if I'm Jerry Jones. No, I understand. What was last season, though? I mean, how did, last he, he season was a, solid, a, it was a, a solid, solid season. season. Performing at a pretty high clip, but it right? didn't. But it wasn't enough to get us over the top. Now I'm getting ready to surround you with a head coach, mm-hmm. a new defensive coordinator, Mike Nolan, CeeDee Lamb, another toy to play but, with but the receiver asking, position. But I, and I guess this is an unfair ask, right? Because if you're you're saying, hey, I'm basing how much I'm going to pay you off of the team success, I, I hear that. But at the same time, individual stats can talk for themselves. It's a it's a matter of waiting, right? So I, I feel like. I feel like that's going to be okay regardless as long as he has a decent season, right? Would well, you agree it, that? It, if he repeat, if he repeats what he did last year, did last he year, get his money. they're probably going to exercise their franchise tag and go with the $38 million again. They want to see, can he get better? There's games in there, the, the big-time defenses that he faced that he struggled against. He, he just did. He struggled against better opponents on the defensive side of the ball. Um and so you look at that and you go, okay, he's not a he's not a Hall of Fame quarterback yet, but he's also not a throw in the trash can quarterback, which means we don't want him. He's like in that middle ground where I can live with him because I think he's very you know, more than serviceable. I think he can do some things that a lot of these quarterbacks that's making all this money can't do. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. I know a lot of people praise Carson Wentz and, oh, Carson Wentz, is a, he can throw, he can do this. He, first of all, he can't stay healthy. So that's number one. This is one of the reasons they went and got Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. as an insurance policy. Then you look at Jared Goff. Yes, he took his team to the playoffs, I mean, to the Super Bowl. He didn't win. And at bright moments, he did struggle. So you start to compare all of those sort of things and you look for the Dallas Cowboys, and if I'm Jerry Jones and Steven M, I'm looking at that and say, well, we know we want to keep him, but we want him to show us that ultimately our goal is to get to the Super Bowl. I don't mind giving him an extra $40 million if he gets us to where we're trying to go. But why would I pay a guy if I don't believe that he can get us to the Super Bowl or get us deep run into the playoffs? He's, I, he's yet to win, right? He's yet to yeah. win deep into the playoffs. So it's like... Why would I take that chance right now when I don't have to from a business standpoint? It's just interesting. Just because the talking heads on television and sports talk radio are telling me that I need to pay him because Houston decided that they were going to pay their guy and 
and another guy who got paid won a Super Bowl and an MVP. So now I'm supposed to just pay our guy because everybody else is doing it. You don't operate like that in in the business world of football. I hear you, but if you're if you're Dak, it has to be something that you're thinking about to act like you're not thinking about that. Or be no, remiss, I didn't right? say I didn't so, say Dak shouldn't uh, be mad. Yeah. Oh, I'm saying, it, and I feel like Dak has to be able to translate that that energy, that frustration into the season because every time I feel like I listen to Dak talk. He's always saying the right thing. I mean, come on. I know, no, I, I, I hear you. <laughs> He's a quarterback. I, 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 that's fine. That's fine to me. But seeing how other players have been rewarded for not saying the right thing or by not having their actions speak volumes about the organization, you feel like you want a guy like Dak to win. I feel like as a fan, and I'm, I'm a Giants fan, so you know how hard it is for me to talk about wanting something good to happen to a Cowboy guy. Well, for me, he deserves to get every penny. But I also understand the business side of the way that they think. They're not just going to roll over and you. give him the money just because they we decide. that When Emmitt Smith held out year, many years ago, he was a toddler for the Dallas Cowboys, they lost their first two games. And Jerry Jones said, uh, I need to get this dude, and they went on to win a Super Bowl. And, and he didn't want that same experience with Zeke Elliott. They tried, and then they got reminded, little mm-hmm. man on their shoulder was like, yo, you know what happened the last time we didn't pay a running back? And so he said, you know what, let's just get, let's get this done. And the deals are different. When you are when you're holding up three years of guaranteed money on a running back versus five to six years of guaranteed money on a quarterback, that's a different deal. That's a different commitment that the organization has to make at that position. And this whole notion that they're spending more money and eating up salary cap space for other positions and other players, every every single team in the National Football League is in salary cap hell at some point. And then they figure out how to go back, renegotiate, get a little bit of money here, get a little bit of money there, move things around. So when Mike Tannenbaum, Mr. T, is saying what he's saying, you got to remember, he is a former general manager, so they always got one foot in, one foot out, just to make sure. I'm not, I don't wind up being a general manager somewhere else down the line, so I got to couch it a certain way. It's an NFL hokey pokey. You got the yeah. one foot in, you got the one foot out. Keep in mind that Emmett Smith situation where you mentioned that they started 0-2, that was 1993. As you mentioned, they were in their heyday. For purposes of context, we should mention the Cowboys have not won the Super Bowl or even made the NFC Championship game in a quarter century key. Yeah, it sounds it sounds good, though, right? Quarter century. It was a long time. Yes, it is. That's why when people run around giving out these – uh, Lombardi trophies to Kansas City, like Kansas City is just the, you know, like, hey, here's a pack of M&Ms. We're just going to give them out. Super Bowl trophies to everybody. You got to think, man, Green Bay hadn't been in a while. New Orleans haven't been in a while. It's hard as hell to make runs yeah. at championship games and Super Bowls. New Orleans no has gotten robbed, that's why. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They still didn't get there. That's for Nikel Roby Coleman if he's out there. Uh, listening. Speaking of hard as hell, it is hard as hell to play quarterback for Bill Belichick. I think we know that. Our next guest is Matt Castle. He'll talk about that in just one moment. But Matt, I want you to take a listen to what Cam Newton said on the Greg Hill Show on our affiliate WEEI yesterday morning on what it's been like so far in Bill Belichick's offense that he's now learning. It's honestly been a match made in heaven for me just knowing that you know I'm at a place where everything is, is, is pulling in the same direction and everything is geared towards winning. And, you know, coming from a person that is won in all levels, I, I feel as if that, you know, done. if I do the things in the right way, trusting, confiding the same people that, you know, got me to this point, and, you know, trusting coaching, 
you know, I think this is this is something that, you know, when you look at an opportunity in a timely manner, you know, it could be accomplished. How about that? So Matt joins us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Matt, Bill has been as effusive in his praise of Newton as Newton was right there. Why do you think both of these guys think this is such a good match? You know what? I think Cam sees the opportunity, and I know that being part of that that organization for four years early in my career, I could see it firsthand that he's going to give you every opportunity to be successful and play to a player's strengths. And Josh McDaniels does an incredible job with the details and the minute details from protection to route schemes and all those things. So as a player, as a quarterback, you have confidence going into a game that they're going to put you in a position to be successful. I think Cam recognizes that, and he's willing to put in the work, and he knows that this is a great opportunity for him to go out and accomplish something great this year in which you know there weren't a lot of teams out there running to his door, which blew my mind a little bit, but they got the, he has this opportunity in front of him, and he's going to have an opportunity to seize it. Matt, how different with this off, is this offense going to look next season opposed to the previous seasons with Cam now? A lot of being able to do, you know, some different things in Josh McDaniel's system. Right. Well, obviously, we all know that Tom Brady's not the most athletic guy in the world. Now, he's got great pocket movement, all that stuff. But what Cam Newton brings to the table is all the zone reads and the RPOs and the misdirection. And defenses have to account for him in the backfield. Where last year, you know, Tom is a pocket quarterback. There wasn't a lot of movement outside of it. And when they had offensive line struggles early on in the year, you know, it created some issues for them in terms of the offense. But now with Josh McDaniel being able to open that offense and his creativity and what he can do um, from a play a play calling responsibility, it'll be really interesting to see how they utilize them. I, I can't imagine that they won't utilize them in a number of different ways, especially with the RPOs and the zone reads and all those things that he brings to the table. Matt, take me to the Buccaneers for a second. And uh, how do you see things playing out for Tom Brady considering he's 43 years old? Well, I think he can still play. Obviously, I covered the Patriots last year and watched him play, and he, he hasn't lost it in terms of throwing the ball or velocity or anything like that. They just struggled, you know, to get off the ball, and we, they had a lot of young receivers and all that stuff. But when you look at – let's be honest. It's a quarterback's dream to sit here and look at it and say you've got Mike Edwin, um, Evans, Chris Godwin, O.J. Howard, Gronk, and then they're adding Leonard Fournette, LaShawn McCoy, all these guys they drafted a tackle. So they've got all the pieces of the puzzle to be successful. And – and, you know, the biggest thing that I, I, I believe that Brady's going to have to overcome is are there going to be parts of that scheme that he's not as familiar with, whether it's throwing, throwing hot or doing anything like that. So w- whether it's throwing hot or, or getting to the second read or not as familiar with certain concepts. But I, I have to believe that they've done a remarkable job in asking him what he's familiar with, what he likes to to, to run and implementing that into the offensive scheme. Matt Castle joined us here on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin. Matt, what type of challenges, if any at all, will Tom have down in Tampa? Well, I mean, the biggest – anytime you go to a new scheme and a new organization with new coaches, you know, it takes time. And it's been a weird offseason, I know – Tom's as hard a worker as anybody, and he's been in that building. He's been in great communication. However, it's a different scheme. Bruce Arian's scheme is much different from what he's been running for the last 20 years. And like I said, talking to Carson Palmer, who played with Bruce Arians, 
he always said that there was a lot of little nuances to who's hot in a three-by-one formation. Sometimes it can be the inside guy. Sometimes you're throwing hot to the outside guy. And so there's a ton of variations in terms of that. And, and that changed from when he was in New England because in New England we tried to fix it with protection calls where from what Carson was telling me, they tried to throw hot. So there's some adjustment there. And then – you know, the other part of it is going to be that conference with New Orleans. You know, they're, they're, we're going to find out real quick his comfort level when they go down and play New Orleans this first game and, and see where they're at because I think New Orleans is a really good team and is going to test them. Let's stay right there in the conference in AFC, the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson. How much pressure is on Lamar to get the Ravens out of essentially the first round of the playoffs in advance, get a win on his resume? Right, there's always pressure on any quarterback in this league to win and win in the playoffs, and that's when when you look at somebody's career, have they won the big games? Have they won the playoffs? Obviously, he's the reigning MVP. He's got he's going to have a lot of confidence going in to this season. Their nucleus is still together from what they had last year. The running attack, Greg Roman's still there, so they can build off that, create new plays. I mean, they're one of the most electrifying offenses in the league. They obviously led the league in rushing, and they give him great opportunity and his skill set to go out there and play the way that he plays. Now, it's a matter of him also continuing to stay healthy throughout the season. He had he took a lot of hits last year with the way that he plays, but at the same time, they've got a great opportunity to go out and win. And But like I said, there's always pressure to win, especially when you get to the playoffs. Matt, your thoughts on Josh Rosen and this potential resurrection that could happen at Tampa Bay? Yeah, you, Josh Rosen, I mean, it's kind of crazy about him and everything that's gone on in his career so far and going from Arizona then going to Miami. He's only in his third year. He's been on three different teams. And, you know, for him, he's a young guy that's got talent, but he hasn't had that opportunity to get out there and and really showcase it. He's been on some, you know, really, really bad teams lower into the NFL. So hopefully for his for his career and moving forward, he can resurrect himself a little bit and, and get into a more stable situation. Very interesting. A couple of Trojans, Key hooking up with Matt Castle. I'm sure you guys are happy to be here this morning. You got a quarterback, you got a wide receiver, and we appreciate your perspective this morning, Matt. Thank you very much. Absolutely, guys. Have a great one. All right, but thanks, man. That is Matt Castle joining us on the show. We're everywhere, Pennzoil. man. Performance We're all over the place. SC, everywhere. All right, so we haven't really gotten your thoughts on Cam since Cam came out yesterday and said, hey, it's as good as it looks out there in camp. Matt kind of mentioned it. The one aspect of Brady's game that was never there, the mobility, is one thing that Cam has in spades, if healthy. You really think that if he's healthy, this could be the best version of Cam we've seen? I think so. I, you, you have to go back to when he was fully healthy. I mean, everybody, you know, they start to – to look at numbers and start to pay attention to the statistics, but also pay attention to the players that he was dealing with. Like, as, as I often say, there was a lot of me's and you's, and I'm talking about me right now and you right now, not me when I played, that he had to deal with. Um, but he led his team when healthy to the Super Bowl. He was an MVP. He also showed great flashes in 2018 of a rebirth with Narv Turner calling plays. It, it's one of those situations where when you're comfortable and you feel wanted and you feel a certain type of way, you, it brings the best out in you. And I think a lot of people, based on his polarizing or what people would deem as polarizing uh, personality, people automatically want to chop him down and make it seem as though he is not for Bill Belichick. Well, clearly, when we first 
had Bill on our show on the first day, you could tell Bill was all with it. I mean, he's like, Cam is doing everything he's supposed to do. And I had already knew that anyway. I don't need outsiders trying to tell me what Cam is going to do or what Coach Belichick feels about Cam because he would have never signed the guy at that important position if he didn't think that they could coexist and that he could get the best out of him. Now, everybody wants to say, well, there wasn't a lot of, there wasn't a lot of teams going after him, which is true. But there's not a lot, there was not a lot of teams that needed quarterbacks, right? There's, think about it. You stay, just go in the division alone. Who needed a quarterback in the division other than New England and the Miami Dolphins? And the Miami needed to draft a young dude. Buffalo has their guy. The Jets have their guy. New England needed one, and they got him. Miami drafted a guy. Or you go to some other teams. Who needed a quarterback in, in, in the South? Who needed one? They signed Teddy Bridgewater in Carolina. You see where I'm going? Yeah. Uh, uh, Atlanta had Matt Ryan. Tampa had Brady. And Breezes in New Orleans. So when you start to really break down people, teams that needed QBs, there wasn't a lot of openings for a guy like Cam. Cam is not a backup quarterback. He's a starting quarterback in the National Football League, and there was not a lot of teams that needed starting quarterbacks that made sense for him to go to in the first place. Still to come, everyone talking about whether or not Giannis will play tonight, but does another star hold all the cards in tonight's Game 5? Jay Will will have more on that. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So as Mike Breen said, gentlemen, all the talk on Giannis with a sprained right ankle. He goes out. All the talk on Chris Middleton's 36. But, Jay, that doesn't leave much room to talk about a guy we really should be talking about on the other sideline. Have you heard about Jimmy Butler's story? <laughs> Have you guys heard about it? No, you're getting ready to tell us. Yeah. Um, so he went from being fatherless, homeless at 13 years old. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people know that. He was ranked 73rd as a shooting guard in Texas, no Division One offers. Wow. Juco, he faxed Marquette his letter of intent from a McDonald's. From a McDonald's. Wow. To a first-round pick, to most improved player in 15, to a five-time All-Star, to a four-time All-Defensive player, to a two-time All-NBA player, 
to a $140 million contract to taking Miami to the Eastern Conference Final. Mm. And his quote was, after somebody read all these things to him, I love what happened to me. It made me who I am. So before, when I talked about Jimmy Butler being people's spirit animal, like that's who you feel like you see on the court every single possession. Like nothing was ever given to him. He has to go out and take it. And that's what you feel like when you watch this team play. They missed the mark the other night. But there's no doubt you feel like this team is destined to do something interesting. If you see them in Miami, I mean, Miami and Boston or Miami and Toronto in the conference final, I mean, you just feel like Jimmy Butler is going to do something special this it's, year. It's so wild. I was just sitting here as, as we were getting ready for this particular segment, and I was sitting trying to think, you know, just Miami and Pat Riley's tenure there. I don't ever remember the Heat being, like, bad for long stretches of time. It's always been – they've always kind of – had a couple years where it was like, ah, oh, they'll figure it out. Then it gets figured out. And then it's like, ah, oh, a couple years and they'll figure it out. And now it looks like this is where the Heat are now, where they, they figured it out. A couple years ago, it was like, oh, they got a young team. Spolster's doing a good job. He could be coach of the year based on what he's doing with the team that he has. Now they go out and they grab Jimmy Butler. Now what's next? Who are they targeting mm-hmm. now? Like who, who are they out there kind of the quietly guy, seeking? The guy they're playing against. The guy they're playing against, there's not too many teams that could have the cap space for Giannis, and he will be one of them. And I, and, and when Next you were reading, years. you were reading that, and so that's the, players that have that sort of adversity in their life, athletes, they tend to always rise to the occasion because nothing phases them. It's just like I don't give a damn. I'm, I've been through all this in my life. Mm-hmm. Why should I care about what you're writing, you're saying, or how you think I'm playing? Because I know who I am. And that's who Jimmy Butler is. If you did, just look at it. I mean, And that's a know. trickle-down effect too, Key. Yeah. Like oh, they, yeah. They, Absolutely. Duncan Robinson. Like, There's no way covering college basketball a couple years ago, if you would have said to me, hey, Jay, Duncan Robinson is going to be a starter in the NBA, I'd be like, yeah, right. Get hey, Jay, Duncan Robinson is going to be a starter get, in the get NBA. Get the hell out of here. Like, he could be a good journeyman maybe. Maybe he could play overseas. What he's transformed his game to, stupid. Tyler Hero. Mm-hmm. Ooh, he was he, knocking down he shots He was the killing them the other night. Ooh. He was destroying them. Like, he had that kind of moxie when he was at University of Kentucky. Like, them getting Andre Iguodala. Them getting Jay Crowder. But that whole team possesses the mentality, the mantra that Jimmy Butler has had. And see, when when you talk about Jimmy Butler, right, you talk about Chicago to Minnesota, he's out everywhere he goes. It seems like he shoots Philly. his way out. Yeah. Philly, it seems like he shoots his way out. No, them dudes that he playing with don't have his attitude in his makeup. And if they don't have an attitude and makeup, I don't want to be around their ass either. It's kind of crazy to think, oh, you know, what it was like five, six years ago, he was second fiddle to D. Rose. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's probably longer, and I'm not sure exactly what the time frame is. Don't mark me on that. But it was like, you know, D. Rose was everything, and Jimmy Butler was just like the sidekick. Jimmy Butler was Robin, right? And then watching this transformation, he's Batman. If there's ever an epitome of Batman in the NBA, it's Jimmy Butler right now. One quick thing before we get to our Malika Andrews, who's got some breaking news from the bubble, Duncan Robinson. His story, not nearly as good as Jimmy Butler, but to Jay's point, he was playing at Division Three Williams College before transferring go. to Michigan. And to think a guy that started playing in D3 is a huge piece to a perhaps NBA Finals contender says it. Not as good as Butler, but pretty darn good. Let's bring in Malika. She joins us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. We're going to get to that breaking news here in just a second that I'm going to guess is going to make Mike Malone smile if he can actually advance and hold on and take advantage of this. But first... The biggest thing, Malika, Giannis' status for Game 5 tonight. What is the very latest you can tell us? 
Giannis is listed as questionable for game five tonight, Zubin. And what Mike Budenholzer said is that they're holding out hope, right? They haven't officially ruled him out for this game. And so Giannis is getting treatment around the clock is the phrase that Mike Budenholzer said in hopes that he can play. Now, you and I both know that Giannis, this is a league full of competitors, right? But Giannis is a special, different breed. He is a guy who, if he can possibly be out there with his teammates, he is going to. When I saw him yesterday he was wearing a boot on that right ankle that he hurt he didn't have when he took it out of the boot it didn't look all that swollen but I am not a medical professional he was still walking gingerly on it so the Bucks are hoping praying that maybe they can have their defensive player of the year and MVP out there with them but right now it's still up in the air Malika what's the breaking news as it relates to coaches and, and family members that potentially are allowed in the bubble Yeah, so coaches have been lobbying to have their families, to have their loved ones be able to join them here. Because remember, initially the rule was that they weren't able to. And in fact, as recently as last week, Zubin, you referenced those uh, comments by Mike Malone when he was passionately saying, we need our family here. Uh, The league released a memo saying, look, we don't know whether or not it's safe. We want to limit the amount of people that we have in this bubble. Well, now they've flipped that switch. And starting in the conference finals, as Adrian Wojnarowski reported this morning, the league has sent a memo saying that staff can actually have their loved ones here. And this is something that Brad Stevens, that Michael Malone have been on the forefront of fighting for because players have had their families in the bubble for a little bit over a week now. So this is something that the coaches wanted and the league has finally been able to make some room for that. Malika, this is a time of year that somewhat the rumor mill starts to go with high price potential free agents of the future. And speaking of like Giannis, what will this series turn out to be for his future? If they lose, are we talking moving him? If they win, are we talking extension? Well, Keyshawn, you know that, like I referenced earlier, Giannis is so competitive. For him, there are really two things that stand out above the rest in terms of factors. One is family. That man, there is nothing more important to him than that. And secondly, it's winning. So if they are to continue to advance, right, that could potentially tip the scales in the Bucks' favor. I'm not saying it's a game changer. When I reported it last year, I wasn't saying it was a game changer. I said that it is something that could potentially help the Milwaukee Bucks' case. Now, the other thing to remember here is that with coronavirus, with this pandemic still ongoing, there is a lot of fluctuation and question marks around what the cap is going to look like next year, what teams are going to be able to offer, what the security is financially, of the future of this league, both immediately and long-term. So all of those things are factors that Giannis is going to be weighing. But the key questions for him are going to be, if I can't win with this roster right now, do I see myself being able to win with them in the future? And if I can, then maybe Milwaukee is a long-term home for me. Mm. Very interesting. From a truly short-term perspective, if he can't win with this roster tonight, the Bucks season will be over and the Heat will be in the Eastern Conference Finals for the first time since LeBron took him there back in 2014. That's Malika Andrews at the bubble with the very latest on some breaking news. Great to have her with us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. On the way, more NFL news. Another running back is about to get paid huge. Who's that? We'll get to that.
Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. And this is the one thing that Alvin Kamara had been waiting for. Zeke got paid. He's been great. Todd Gurley got paid. Not so great. The running back position has been devalued. Key, Kamara, according to Adam Schefter, extremely close on a long-term but, but deal. I'll, but I'll correct you on the Gurley not so great. Gurley was somewhat injured before they paid him. He was a guy who had previous injuries, but he still led his team. It was an MVP candidate when he got the contract. He, he just was got the offensive banged. player of the year. Yeah, he just got banged up. But, yes, you pay running backs. And, and Kamara, Kamara. Yeah, I want to make sure money. that I'm getting it right. He is valuable to the New Orleans Saints. That's why they're trying to get it done. They understand what they have. They know that he – look, if you're going to pay Christian McCaffrey, you're going to pay Joe Mixon, you're going to uh, uh, pay Henry, you you eventually, if Kareem Hunt does anything in Cleveland, you're going to pay him. Mm-hmm. I mean, Zeke. with Zeke or Elliott, when guys are good, they get paid. That is the bottom line. It's been known for years. When I play with a guy like Curtis Martin, Curtis Martin got paid because Curtis Martin was a Hall of Famer. Jerome Bettis got paid because Jerome Bettis is a Hall of Famer. When you're doing the things that help your team win, Emmitt Smith, you get paid. You get paid. That's just the bottom line. Uh, it's just the versatility he brings. Like I, I know people always talk about, well, you know, the, the, vol- the volatility of the position. Guys can get hurt for a guy Man, that can you do get hurt in any all position. the things that he can do. He deserves every cent of it. Yes. He deserves every cent of it. He opens things up in the passing game. He's a threat out of the backfield in the running game, and he's a good teammate. You reward that guy. You pay him. What about Derrick Henry? This year playing on the franchise tag after watching Tannehill, who he probably carried last year in the playoffs, get a big long-term deal. Do you need to see any more from him? Or is No, it he got paid. Derrick Henry got, got paid. Yeah, $12.5 million they, a they year. They paid him. Derrick Henry, that's what I said. 
Henry got paid. Josh, Josh Jacobs, if he stays healthy, he'll get paid. Marshawn Lynch, when his contract was up, he always got paid in Seattle. Dalvin Cook's looking to get paid. He'll get paid. But you can always point to one or two guys that may have had an injury. But I can do that for every position. Do you pay a quarterback who's coming off a tore-up ACL? If he's good, you damn right you pay him. That's it. End of discussion. What do you make of Gurley this year? You mentioned the arthritis almost going back to his days at Georgia. Now he's back in Georgia in the NFL with the Falcons, low-risk situation in terms of the money on both sides. What kind of year do you think he might have? I think he'll have a decent year. I think that they can get 1,000 yards out of him. You know, it's pass-heavy offense. Matt Ryan's the guy, Julio Jones. Um, Ridley's there. I I think you're going to see Todd Gurley give you some of the same things that he gave the Rams for a number of years, catching the ball well out of the backfield here and there, give you a little bit of a burst. Um, I'm not ready to throw in the towel on him. And, and I think a lot of people point to that Z and look at his contract and say, well, he didn't give the Rams enough. He, you know, they overpaid for him. Well, that may have been the case, but you can't blame him. What are you supposed to do? Say, oh, no, I don't want the money. No, he's no. I wonder if they gave him money. They owed him some money. They were holding back on him. I wonder if they finally paid him. This is one of those situations where it was, you could tell towards the end of that Rams Super Bowl run, everybody was just saying, why isn't he playing? Why is C.J. Anderson out there. You said you spotted this well before this became You know, it's so funny. I watched them when they played Atlanta, in Atlanta, a couple years ago. And Todd was sitting, this was last year, when the Jalen Ramsey was sitting next to him while the offense was punching it in. And he was sitting there on the sideline, on the bench, but not standing up. And I said to myself, I was telling LZ and Travis, my co-host out in LA, I'm like, there's something brewing there. I don't care what they're talking about as far as that injury goes, Z. There's something else there, and the whole time, Les and Sean, Les Snead, the general manager, and Sean McVay kind of always danced around the personal aspects of it. But I still, to this day, feel like it wasn't all about his injury. It was also about whatever it was personal that was going on, whether they felt they paid him and he wasn't delivering, or maybe he felt he should have been playing and they wasn't playing him. But I think in the end, it got a little personal. I will say this. Sometimes as a player, when you go through something like that, it can recalibrate you, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, we talked about this earlier with Cam. That I don't think Cam's always been a guy that's been bravos, right? He's had that bravado to his game. I think going through that situation where, like, who does want me? Even though I know you said it was situational the segment prior, it's still it, – it kind of – all right, let me get a reboost of energy right now to go prove people wrong. I have read multiple times about Todd Gurley saying, I haven't worked out this much in my life. There's like a refocus there potentially after going through that situation. Because what happens is when people like put you in the dead category, mm-hmm. like, oh, and so you're like, wait a minute, man, y'all sitting in this false narrative about me out here to people as if I can't play dead in a cowboy movie, one of my nice phrases, yes. um, that I'm going to show you. In the Carolina Panthers, what they did with Cam is they kind of treated him a certain way in the end. So he's like, okay, all right, cool, no problem. And Todd Gurley, same thing with the Rams. But you see it all the time with athletes. They get that last little kind of rebirth for the next several years of their careers where people go, man, he can still play. I didn't realize he had that. It's like, no, I can still play, but you tried to send a message to the rest of the league as if I can't play this game anymore, which is a damn lie. That's why I'll be stoked to see what Leonard Fournette can do this year with Tampa Bay. It'd be, it'd be really just considering the way things were on the back end of that and what all the narratives were about him, if he can refocus playing with Tom Brady and all those weapons that he'll have down but there. But he doesn't need to refocus because it wasn't never really I him. Understand. Sometimes, I, I you know, you, you get know, it. Yeah. It's, not, it's not the players as much as it is these organizations. They got to try to cover up whatever they're trying to salvage 
and one of the things is pointing the finger at you. Mm. And you become the problem, not them. And as long as they can cast the, the light on you, they get to kind of go in the background a little bit until, until they're exposed. Once they're exposed, it's a different situation. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Where does that come, considering you guys both had to find it at different points in your careers? Where does that motivation come from? Just take me inside the mind of an athlete. i be honest with you. I was motivated from day one, OZ. I'm like, I'm, I, you basically could take Jimmy Butler's script and attach it to me. That was, that's who I am. I mean, I, you know, I was homeless once upon a time, with sleeping in my mom's car with her at 11 years old. I know what it's like not to know who my father is, all of those sort of things. So in the end, I was always self-motivated, even to this day, where people question whether or not I would be able to wake up not necessarily for this show, but when I took the show in L.A. at 3-something in the morning, not even knowing my background. Like, I've been getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning forever. So what are you talking about? And you just you, you have that energy and that no quit in you, period. Mine was more external. I mean, I definitely had an internal drive, but mine was from what other people said about me. And you know, we know a lot of athletes like this, too, where there could be 15 great articles about the game I played last night. But that won't be my main focus. My main focus will probably be on that one B writer that talked about why I'm not going to be the long term success plan for this franchise, right? And and I know it, it might sound petty. <laughs> no, I ain't saying it's petty. I just I, the reason I did that to my shoulders is because I'm gonna use the a- athlete cop out. I mean, you ain't never shot a basketball day in your life or caught a football. How in the hell I'm gonna listen to you about me and how I play? But it doesn't matter. It's not about what they think. It's about what they think and where it brings me. Where it brings to me, right? So for me, it's like, oh, okay, there's another doubter. Somebody, didn't th- I, they didn't think I can do that. Because you can't live in, the, in, in basking in the glory of how great you are all the time. Like, well, you're not built that way unless you're Justin, Keyshawn Johnson. Man, stop, <laughs> man. <laughs> Pat yourself up. But you, you do follow the breadcrumbs of who tells you what you can't be so I can continue to stoke the fire. I just laugh at them. Those that, I, trust me, beat writers and all those type, I, I just laugh at them as a player because I knew – who I was, period. As long as the people in the building, my coaches and my general managers and my teammates, they knew they could count on me. I don't care but about what somebody breed. That's right? not everybody, though, Key. Well, they need to get like that then. Me, Sean. We'll see you tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Eastern. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again. 
by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.